Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. We have Mike Parsons as our guest today. Mike, thank you for being on here. Always good to have you. And uh, we have Berlin as a guest host. And we've just got off a, well, we're not even off the tour. We're in the middle of the tour, the five-week tour. And uh, we've had uh, uh, three events, Keck on the Road, where we've done uh, Kingdom Equipping Center, our church, kind of on the road while we're traveling. And we've done it in uh, Mississippi and then in Nashville and then here in Moravian Falls just last night. It's been absolutely wonderful. If you haven't seen those shows, please go back and take a look. Uh, we've, we've had eight to nine people on the panel, leaders from this movement, and all of them, you know, we're all in the same place where we're looking for that unity and love that where we get to move forward together. And uh, uh, it's just been wonderful. So really encourage you to go take a look at those shows. Um, so right now, uh, anything else, Berlin, before I launch in too quickly? I'm just trying to think. No, oh, I next, think... So next week we will be in um, Moravian Falls. So this coming Sunday, excuse me, we will be in Colorado Springs this coming Sunday. So please join us there. Go to the website, check out the uh, Keck on the Road, and uh, find out where we're going to be next. So next week it is Colorado Springs, and the following week we will be in San Diego. So join us. It's been absolutely wonderful having these panels and hearing from all these different leaders. So, all right. So let's go ahead and launch in. a lot of fun in. being on the panel too. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and so Mike, um, the questions I've been asking the panel are, uh, what do you see in this movement, you know, this movement of God that we're looking at and we're all in and flowing with? Uh, what excites you about what's coming? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, actually, I've, I'm in the moment, I'm just going through preparing Vision Destiny 2020, which is a teaching series I do beginning of every year, um, really just sharing my journals. So I've just reviewed sort of 50, 60,000 words of journaling, of things that God has been speaking to me during the year. So I put that into, I think, 14 PowerPoint presentations. Wow. So I'm going to have 14 sessions of it, sharing really just what God has been showing me, things that I encountered, experiences I had in the, in the previous year, and where does that then point for this year? So, so good. I'm 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 excited in the the things thematically. Until you go back over something, you don't always see the patterns of the things that God said. Yeah. And sometimes you see God's repeated himself a number of times in different ways because you probably didn't get it the first time. So he went again. And, and I picked up a number of things really which are um, focused for me about restoration of all things and where that's going and how we can bring people together in that whole process of seeing um, a unified way of looking at the restoration of all things from different perspectives. And what I've really seen and what God spoke to me about was, you know, the, the river of life flowing out of heaven flowed into the earth and then split into four streams and watered the earth. And what I've really been looking at and what God's been speaking to me about is four streams coming back together to become one river. Hmm. Um, so those four streams in, in the whole concept of restoration of all things um, would be the mystic stream of encountering God in such a way that you actually experience his heart and get an understanding of his heart for restoration, which then motivates you as a son of God to begin to engage creation for its freedom, um, as he wants to reveal us as sons to bring creation into that freedom. So that's one 
stream and the mystic stream for me the more i've got intimate with god the more i've discovered the depth of his love and the more that love has empowered me to want to love others and love creation and take my responsibility as a son towards creation more seriously than it was before um, because i didn't really years ago wouldn't have had any concept of engaging creation it would have been hey i'm just trying to get through every day so you know now there's a bigger picture to that so that's one aspect and i would say that if people are going to get more intimate with god it should unveil the truer nature of who god is and therefore challenge some of the religious perspectives that we may have been brought up with i mean i was brought up you know in a evangelical brethren church which was pretty rigid and legalistic about god and about everything and then looking back i realized we were living under the old covenant even though we're in the new so a lot of that you know shaped how i viewed god and how i viewed the future so then you have the the eschatology which is the second stream how we view the future will very much determine what we could believe about restoration because if you believe it's going to end up you know being destroyed by fire and whatever then there's not an awful lot of point taking care of it now or looking right. for it historical it's god's going to do it and he's going to do it by fire by destroying it and starting again yeah well that actually isn't restoration restoration right, right. doesn't start again restoration restores what you have back to its original That's condition good. which is very different from starting yeah. again and if you think that the future is doom and gloom and misery then you don't have much of a perspective of well we can do something about this as sons of god and therefore legislation and governing and bringing in the kingdom to fill the earth which is Robin. what it says it's going to do and the glory of god to cover the earth which it says is what it's going to do, then all of that comes down to, well, Jesus will do that when he returns. Yeah. And so everything is put off to the future, to an event, rather than a process that we're all part of. So we have no part. We're bystanders to observe what Jesus will do at the end of time if we're not involved in a process of restoration now. So eschatology becomes quite a focus, and therefore there are streams in eschatology which are viewing that what has what the bible talks about as happening has already happened and now we're in the period of restoration of all things and the bible has nothing to say to that other than we're in the period of restoration of all things and all things are going to be restored so it's down to us to hear god personally individually corporately to what is he saying today because if i'm now. listening to what he said two thousand years ago to people or four thousand years ago or six thousand years ago to people in those areas then i'm trying to interpret their culture their situation and trying to make sense of it to apply it today rather than jesus actually promised that we would hear his voice yeah. and we have the spirit of truth to bring us into a revelation of the truth the way the truth and the life therefore you know the the view that actually we're not we shouldn't really be looking at the bible to tell us what's going to happen in the future and the, the eschatological position for well this is already taking place now we need to get on with it means an ongoing personal relationship where we're hearing god's voice dependent on him every day to continue our work here so there's two streams the other stream that when you begin to realize that what jesus said primarily was for the generation he was speaking to 
And he said, all these things that are going to take place are going to take place in this generation. And he meant that generation that was alive. And there are a number of scriptures which talk about you will not die until you see this happening. And there will be some standing here who, who and all these things will take place in this generation in, in Matthew 24, 34, I think it is. So yeah. then you think, okay, Jesus is saying that the destruction of the temple and all of the things in Matthew 24 and all those things are happening in that generation. Okay, well, what about the things that he said, like people going into outer darkness, people going into Gehenna, people going into, quote, hell? Well, that was also, in context, the same thing. So it wasn't yeah. talking about a future, some 2,000 years, 3,000 years, however long, where people are going to be tossed in to some furnace and tortured forever. He was actually talking about Gehenna being a literal place, which was the rubbish dump, which was burning with fire and full of worms, eating up the rubbish, turning it into compost effectively. But actually he was talking about the, the people who failed to follow him and leave Jerusalem when they saw armies coming to surround it would end up in Gehenna. And if you were, in a sense, understanding covenant, if you were in covenant with God, you were living in the light. And if you were outside of covenant, you were living in the darkness. So outer darkness was outside the covenant in which you gnashed your teeth, which was the sign of frustration, nothing to do with torment. Right. It was so frustrated that actually we're angry. And you, you look in, in Acts 7, where Stephen was talking about this open heaven, they gnashed their teeth because they were so angry because he was saying, well, you've, you've missed Jesus. You've missed the Messiah. Yeah. So you have the eschatology and then that leads on to the universal perspective of actually Jesus was not talking about hell in the, in the way that we see it. And therefore, actually, when you then look at, well, what was he talking about? And well, what is the concept of what happens to people after they die? Because in that whole thing, the area of eternal, forever and ever, everlasting, the word in Greek for that, enios, and in, in Hebrew, olam, do not mean eternal, forever and everlasting. They just don't mean that. They mean yeah. enduring to a particular age or time period. Therefore, we're living in this way of looking at that as coming together in in three streams that will begin to make sense of this and then the fourth stream for me is a restoration of the abilities and powers in sonship which are to do with healing and wholeness and the energy healing type thing in terms of understanding frequency and vibration and consciousness and choosing and all the quantum physics things that we're now discovering that makes sense of what Jesus did when he did his miracles. You know, they weren't magic. Yeah. They were him using a higher level of authority as the creator to actually effectively outwork in creation that which was only a manipulation of matter and energy, turning water into wine or disappearing or going through people or all of those things, walking on water. It was all to do with how he used vibration and frequency to take him out of one thing into another dimension or to change the vibrational molecules 
that were became solid when he walked on water. So everything like that sort of is a restoration of that understanding and knowledge, which mostly has been taken by the new age and therefore put off limits to believers because we essentially let them have it. Right. Now right. we need to see it restored. And I believe God is going to restore the full functions of sonship, which means the ability to use light and sound, the ability to create using conscious Love thought that. and choice, which is all part of, I think, restoration. So I see these four streams coming to be, be to be one river, which will fill the earth, you know, and, and bring the restoration of everything uh, in that way. So I'm pretty excited about that. And, you know, God really spoke to me a lot about that last year. And we did the conference and hopefully next year we're going to do several more conferences, which really begin to help people put this into perspective from those four streams to actually see that actually this is a unified whole. This makes sense when it comes together into one river rather than these four separate streams that are all coming from different perspectives. And a lot of people don't aren't even aware of each other or even the other streams are heading in the same direction. Yeah. Um, and I do believe God wants to bring that sort of connection between people that will we realize that we're actually moving towards the same point, which is God restoring things and us being involved. So that's sort of a one of the key. I love that. You know, exciting. I I I love all that the quantum physics and vibration and frequency and stuff like that. I can't help think though that once somebody like walks on water or is able to walk through a wall, then I I just my heart kind of hurts for it being a parlor trick. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's like almost I almost don't want it. I want to keep it in the mysterious, but but then again, I know that we when when push comes to shove and we're going to have their internet shut down and all of these things if this really does happen we're going to have to be able to unite and and work together in some way and so we're going to have to learn how to use these principles to do this so yeah i am excited for it it's just going to be yeah i mean i I know how to do those things because jesus showed me how to do them but there's no need to do them if you don't need to do them he didn't go around living his whole life in that way. He did it yeah. when he needed to do it to fulfill doing what the father had shown him. Yeah. So it was a mandated thing rather mm-hmm. than, well, I'm going to show off or I'm going to demonstrate what I can do. It was, I need to do this to be able to do this. Therefore, I will do it. And but if all- you see, he was teaching someone, like if he would have had a water walking class, you know what I mean? It, which is what we're doing. Literally, right now, we're teaching people that this is possible, right? Well, when someone is actually doing it, they're going to be teaching. So, therefore, it's is it necessary? Yes and no, you know? Yeah. I mean, some, some of the perspective to it is we, in immaturity, people can use things and it be self-promoting. Jesus yeah. never promoted himself. It was always about the Father. So his desire in doing those amazing things was that people would look to his father. And it says, you know, in Matthew, it talks about that we would do our good works before men, that they would glorify our father in heaven. So whatever we do, it should not be drawing attention to us, but actually drawing attention to the father who is mandating us to do certain things. So I know how to uh, walk on water, but I've never had any occasion to do it. 
And even if I could do it, I don't think I would be looking to walk across the swimming pool just to show, hey, I can do it. It would be because there's a need to do it within the mandate that God's given me on a daily basis. Now, I have trans-relocated and done certain things in that way because I needed to do it in a situation. And therefore, I chose to do that because I know how to do it. But I don't do it every day just because it would make it easier for me to get to work or go home. I drive, you know, because I don't have a mandate to do that every day. And, and I think this is where living our life, only doing what we see the Father doing and engaging in that, hearing his voice and outworking his heart, I think will free us from these things becoming parlor tricks. And the majority of times, most people will never need to know that you've done them. Yeah, and that, that is such a key. That is such a, a major key to understand that uh, we need to make sure that we are doing these things as we see the Father doing them. And that in itself will help keep down the chaos in the, in the sense of, uh, like you said, people doing the parlor tricks and, and uh, doing it in order to bring a crowd and, and to you know make more money, whatever it might be, that that is not the motivation, but it's simply doing what the Father calls us to do. And you know the, what I find usually is what the Father calls us to do is so much lower and so much more humility than uh, than what we would normally do and and so it is a, a key to do what we see the father doing and and you know honestly we get to the place where we're doing no more no less just engaged and fully um, you, you know one with the father and walking with him not ahead and not behind but doing what he's doing such a key so there's this there's this element then of um, you know moving forward in the the restoration of all things so, I mean, this, I, I think, is a big piece of what we're all so excited about. It's, uh, some people are getting excited about just about what we'll be able to do as mature sons. And, you know, there's definitely some, some room for some excitement there. But that's not the end all. That's not what it's all about. It's about the oneness of coming together with the Father and the body. That, to me, is, is what it's all about. And, you know, so when we get, when we start having division over things, you know, and and who's got the greatest knowledge we're completely you know deconstructing something we shouldn't be deconstructing which is the oneness uh, so anyway as we move forward um, obviously there's the challenge of unity and there's those people that don't well we, we've already said this many times not everybody believes the same and there's just no way that everybody would believe the same exactly uh, otherwise, there'd be no need for the other people. You know, the differences coming together are make what gives us the full picture. And so as we move forward in the unity, what are some things that you see there? What are some of the challenges that we would need to, um, uh, you know, kind of, you know, face off with? You know, again, what's the Father doing? How do we move forward in unity? Uh, do you have any uh, suggestions there? Well, again, I think if you, you know, one of the things that I engaged last year um, in, in a, again, a, a theme that went through the year was the oracles of the Father's heart. And the, the, an oracle is an utterance or a direct utterance or a person who makes utterances that come directly from God. And in, in the order of Melchizedek, we're supposed to be lion, ox, eagle, man. And one of those aspects is oracles, so a prophetic sense of carrying the weight of the word that God speaks or reveals so that you can outwork that. 
And that I had an encounter where I, I was in the four faces of God and I was looking through the eyes of the ox because I wanted to engage in sense of what is the weight of God's heart? You know, what is he, what is his heart? And wisdom came and stood in front of me and said, I want to unveil the oracles of the father's heart. So I thought, wow, okay. And I didn't know what I was you know, going to experience, but I experienced emotion, you know, intense emotional experiences of the father's heart. It wasn't like just revelation. It was, this is how the father feels about things. This is how his love gets expressed. So when it then goes on to unity and other things, an encounter with the father and his heart really gives you a foundation then for outworking that. And so the five things that wisdom showed me, and there may be many more, but these are the five things that she showed me, was passion, that God is passionate about all his children and all of creation, everything he's made. Um, and then there was burning desire. So God has got a burning desire that all his children, all of creation would be restored and in relationship with him. Yeah. Then there was intense joy that when God looks at us, he is intensely filled with joy mm-hmm. because he just looks at us as he made us to be rather than maybe the way we've ended up. And he's not looking at all the mess. He's just looking at restored, you know, and therefore he's intensely joy. And most people will think, well, no, God couldn't be intensely joyful over me. Look at, look at my life. Well, he's not looking at all those circumstances that we focus on. He's looking at who we are, not what we've done or those things. Um, So that was, that was the, uh, the third one. Then there was deep compassion. So God is deeply compassionate about the fact that we're not seeing ourselves the way he sees us or living in the fullness or we may be broken or fragmented or damaged or any of those things he has deep compassion which actually moves him to do something about it which is to heal us and restore us and renew us and bring us back to what he originally intended and the last one uh, is overwhelming love and his love wins his love won his love will win and it's never not going to win and we cannot be separated from his love so it overwhelms it overcomes every obstacle every hindrance to us having a relationship with him and he's already reconciled the world to himself and doesn't hold anything against everyone 2 corinthians five nineteen. therefore from his perspective it's already a done deal we're already included in that relationship from our perspective we may or may not know that or experience various degrees of revelation and experience of that so all of that um really then caused me to look at the opposition that i and others sort of experience from others who don't perhaps agree or don't like what we're saying or may see it as heretical or other you know words that they use then god loves them god loves them equally as he loves me and everyone else so if therefore i've received that revelation of the father's heart then when i see people who may be feeling that they're in opposition to anything i'm doing or whatever 
then how can I be moved by anything other than that God is passionate about those people? He's got a burning desire for those people. You know, he has intense joy over those people and overwhelming love and deep compassion. So how can I have any less? So then if people do that, I have to deal with my emotions because you can't deny emotions. It's not nice when people say nasty things or, you know, whatever, but actually people are saying nasty things about God all the time and it makes no difference to him in a sense. He loves them anyway. So love is unconditional. And if we've experienced unconditional love, like love one another as I have loved you, then that's outworked primarily through forgiveness. So if someone does something negative, I can choose to forgive them, release them and bless them. And if I can't bless them, then I've not really forgiven them and want the best for them. So I see unity and what God wants to do in bringing us together relationally is not based on uniformity of belief. You know, we don't have to agree with everything to be still all children of God, all start of the same family, all in Christ and Christ is in all. So really, we, 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 we're not separated other than in our own thinking yes. that causes us to separate people from us on the basis of what they believe. And you know, that's really a, a massive, for me anyway, it's a massive sign of maturity that we can walk in unity together even though we disagree with one another and don't believe the same. I mean, that to me is one of the highest levels of maturity that, that we can walk in. And when we are not able to walk with others just because they don't believe the way we do, you know, I would be saying, you know, if anybody's in that position out there that's listening right now, go, go to the Father and ask Him. This is a good place to go to the Father and say, judge me, please. I mean, and this is a good thing. Again, if you haven't heard us talk about the judgment and, and, and God is judge, you know, uh, go back and listen to some of the other shows. But it, the judgment has been so twisted by the church. It's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. He's judging you to life. He's he's the, he's for you. But go to the Father and say, "Judge me." You know, whatever's in me that's not allowing me to step into that uh, that next level of maturity, so I can walk with my brothers and sisters in love and unity, even though we disagree or don't believe the same. Um, it's an area that we all need to keep growing in. All of us do. Absolutely. And, and you, you know that that reminds me of i love the way you put this gill i i put things on a shelf or in my warehouse that i don't understand or i don't have personal revelation on so what i do when i hear two different views or possibly even more views on the same thing i just put them on the shelf and i just trust that god will show me what i need to know in the timing that i need to know it and yes. until then it's in the warehouse and I can just love the people and just kind of let that let go that they have this weird belief that I, I don't know. Yeah, you don't, that you don't need to bring it out and yet let it be a divider. Just exactly. keep it in the warehouse exactly. and let it, let it simmer for a while until Father right. is ready and, and, to show you. <laughs> and let me just have full disclosure. There are some things that Mike talks about that it's like, ah, I don't know about that. So they're in my warehouse, Mike. So, <laughs> but I still love you. <laughs> well, because I think that that's really, if, if we're going to draw hard, fast lines, then that's an indication that we think we know everything there is to know. Exactly. It's a dangerous place to be in. 
I mean, I like, you know, in the, in the early church when, I mean, can you imagine they've got like thousands of years of old covenant that they are the people of God. And all of a sudden Jesus says, well, I've just come now to take the kingdom away from you and to give it to this new group who are going to include you if you want it, but are going to include everyone else. That was a huge challenge. There, yeah. yeah. And they, they therefore faced that challenge and that he came and it's like you've heard it said you've heard it said you've heard it said you've heard it said well i say unto you so he was challenging just because they'd heard it said for generations and that they believed this for generations he was coming and saying well actually i'm going to tell you the truth and it's going to so shake you that now you've got a choice whether you're going to stay where you are believing what you've always believed or allow me to unveil something new and take you into something which is going to take you beyond what you could have ever possibly imagined or thought under this old way of looking at it into something new and he's still doing that you know he's not stopped doing that and if we think we know everything then we're basically saying that we have the full knowledge of god you know and the reality is no one of us has the full knowledge of god he's infinite right. And right. the whole process continuing in that thing to actually begin to experience the reality of who he really is. And that is inevitably going to challenge what we think. And all of us are on that journey. It doesn't matter who we are, where we've come from. We're all moving towards a level of intimacy and maturity and sonship, which is inevitably going to renew our minds and change what yes. we thought again and again and again and if we're willing to follow that process then we won't need to dishonor those who are also on their process because okay. they come from a different place they're on a different journey but they're all heading to the same place right and therefore let's let's respect that and realize that it's okay if i was to look at myself my 10 year you know 10 year ago self today i would of thought I would be a heretic. Right. And because I think we all would. Yeah. Because actually then I saw things then and I thought that was true. And now I've had 10 years worth of experiences which has totally changed those beliefs. And that's the journey that we're all on. And if we respect that we're all on a journey, we don't need to actually then come out and say, this is the destination. Because ultimately yeah. that's what you're saying if you're saying we've now come to an agreement that this is it we're at the destination well therefore there's nowhere to go and this right. movement will stop and and effectively become rigid and it will become another denominational stream right because yeah. it now thinks we are at the destination and we know it right you and know that's the questions that i love to to ask when when <laughs> speaking to a group is is just has anybody here ever been wrong you know and of course right, if they're exactly. honest every hand goes up and and the, then the fact is if you were wrong in the past is it likely you could be wrong now about something you know and again when we're all thinking clearly and in our right mind we can say yes i'm probably wrong about some of the things i believe so why would we then want to hold on to so many things because i can guarantee you there were things that i and almost everybody listening probably is just really held strongly to thinking that this is it and we find out it's not so why would we want to set ourselves in that position again and again and again 
hold everything loosely because yeah, go, we need to be flexible. Again, go back to the early church and go back to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those that thought they had the truth. Right. And that truth gave them position. Yeah. It gave them recognition. It gave them financial security. It gave them all of those things. Their identity was coming from the fact that they were of you know, knowledge of the law, that they had all this stuff tied up, that they were, you know, rabbis of that, whatever. That gave them their identity because of what they knew and therefore the positions they were in. And of course, they didn't want to let go of that, their reputation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they you kept know, it. And if you're listening to this, uh, in fact, I want to put it in the show notes. I, I just feel like this this particular show is is incredible for important, incredibly important for people to hear. So if you would share it with anybody, just just share this show with a lot of people because this message needs to get out so that we all are on the same page, understanding that we need to walk in humility and not not get our identity tied up in any position and and just be willing to to uh you know again hold things loosely and walk together in community a lot of that is coming out in this this particular show so share this show please share and if you go back i to just want to i want to talk about that sometimes it's in us we need to look at what's going on in us if i'm not giving myself the freedom to fail, to be wrong. Like I'm holding on so hard because my identity, like you said, is wrapped up in this idea. If I don't even give myself that freedom to fail and, and know that I'll be okay if I was wrong, I'll still be okay, then we're never gonna be able to allow others the freedom to fail. And who is to say that when a child is starting to walk, you have to start on the left foot instead of the right, you know? <laughs> so I just believe that if we could just allow that grace with ourselves, then we will be able to afford it to others and give them the grace to, you know, take missteps. Now, here's another thing though, as, as brothers and sisters in the body, we need to watch out for each other when you're over the edge and so that's why we need to be in community and have a level of trust that we tie our, our rope around our waist and say i'm going out there but we trust that other people will pull us back in unity and in, in love. love if we yeah. do go over the edge because we were exploring and we just got off right but it's not we have we have to reserve judgment on that and i think that that's the problem is that we judge if someone goes off rather than just helping them get back right. and so, so if good. we could love them back into it and 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 if they have the humility to you know have that rope around their waist and allow to be pulled back i think that we can all grow together from this shared experience of, oh, that's where the edge is for now. <laughs> you know, God tends to move and change and shift things, but for now, we don't have enough revelation or enough maturity to handle going beyond that edge, and that's where that edge is. I, yeah, and you know, on the flip side of that, sometimes if you are in relationship with people and you're connected in that relational way, when you do go off the edge, and actually it is beyond what we know now, but it's actually God taking you off the edge, right. yeah. and others can come with you because they trust that you're actually 
following God in it. And the rope may be yeah. long enough that they can stay where they are for quite a long time yeah. before they need, before you've gone far enough to pull them that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so true. There's both sides of that. I think that yeah. the, the danger is that when we start to police it, at, not out of, out of love, but out of fear. Out of fear. Correct. People are getting astray. Because at the end of the day, if you look at what we're encouraged to look at, it's much more about the fruit of our lives rather than the revelation or the gifts or everything else. Jesus didn't right. really say, look, people are going to be known by the amazing miracles they do. He really said, you know, people are going to be known by their character, really, the fruit of their character, which essentially operating in love yeah and therefore when we look at people a we should not get jealous because they're going further ahead or fearful that they're going further ahead and leaving us behind but actually coming from that place of love of wanting the best for that person and i think when it comes to then well you know it's leading everyone astray and everyone's going to get off track blah 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 well i think the early church again Gamaliel, who was one of the rabbis at the time, and I think Paul was related to him, his view was very simple. If, if this is God, then you don't want to be opposed to it. If it's not God, God will deal with it. It will fail, like all the other things have eventually petered out when it's not of God. You know, he won't endorse something which is not of him. So trust him rather than trying to do the policing for him. Yes. God is big yeah. enough to handle our mistakes and where we're not getting it 100% right on the journey. Because our mm -hmm. journey is one of various milestones that are enabling us to get to somewhere else. If I hadn't have gone through five or six processes, I wouldn't have been in the place where he could have deconstructed my thinking in, in areas because the other five or six processes got me to the point where I was able to hear him without the restrictions of my own understanding getting in the way. And yeah. that took a time for me, you know, and if we, if we believe all of us are in that journey, then let's trust God yes. in it rather than and feel you, we have to do God's job in it yeah. for other people. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't love one another, care. And if someone's going off morally, uh, then that's a different thing to going and doing and revelation that we may not understand, whatever. There are very clear things about the moral side of righteousness and doing things in a righteous way, which we should be, of course, concerned about in each other. Yeah. Not necessarily thinking about the doctrinal positions as being yes. the major things. We yeah. should be concerned about fruit and character and character development. And actually, that's where we can help each other. Because we've all got blind self areas right. that we can't see that other people yeah. quite often can see really easily. Part of the thing is exactly. most people don't have deep enough relationships to be honest with people about what they see in a loving way. So yeah. they see something, but they don't want to say because they don't want to be rejected or they're fearful, whatever the reasons. You know, see, well, I can be honest with people and say, please tell me what you see to help me. And they yes. can be dishonest with me and not tell me. Right, right. You know, and I think that's the key is being honest and open 
to be able to share with each other. We have a, a process which we use in our therapeutic community. We run a therapy community for people with addictions and it's called the Jaharis window. And it has four sort of views of life. There is revealed self, the things that I don't mind anybody knowing about me, that I'm, I'm very open about. Then there's hidden self, there's stuff I know about me that I don't want anyone else to know about me, so I hide it from people. Then there's blind self, which is the things that I don't know, but other people may know, and God certainly knows, that's for sure. But I want to be open for those blind self areas that other people can help me. And then there's true self. That's the self that God knows about us. And therefore, when we know ourselves like he knows us, then we don't need to hide anything and we can be who we are. And there's a process in that of being yeah. vulnerable and, and being open and saying to people, look, I want you to share with me anything that you see. I'm gonna take it back to God and I'm gonna weigh it. And if I get defensive, you know, okay, most of us get defensive when we first start to hear stuff that we don't like, but bear with me and I commit that I'll take everything back to God and you know, operate that way. And you know, I remember someone came to me once and they said, I think you're operating in self-righteousness. And I was like, my inside I felt, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I didn't say so. <laughs> so. I said, well, okay, give me some examples, you know, show me, you know, so I can see. And I and I to be honest, I was like, no, I don't really believe that. But I took it back to God and God said, Well, of course you are. Isn't everybody? And I thought, oh, well, I suppose so, really. So it was like, God was like, is, is that a big problem to you to admit that? So I went back to the guy and I said, look, yeah, I'm, I'm right. You're right. And I'm really sorry. And, you know, God's shown me some areas as well as some of the things you saw, showed me. And I don't want to be that way. So because someone who's got conviction can often come over in self-righteousness because you believe that you know what's true. But actually, it wasn't just that. It was that that was a trait that God needed to deal with. Yeah. So he dealt with it. And again, humbling yourself under God's mighty hand, sometimes God's mighty hand is other people. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, it's easy when you think it's God. It's not so easy when it's someone else who's the hand of God in that situation. But in the long run, what does it matter? I want to be the person that God knows me to be. And therefore, if there are things hindering that, hey, let's get them out of the way. And one of the things I, 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 I like to share, and for the most part, I like to just try to keep things as simple as possible. And, and so this is just one of those simple things. It's just like, what if everybody just especially in your community that loves you and that you're in uh, what if you just assumed that everybody had your best in mind so that when someone comes to you and shares something like that with you that you immediately are thinking okay so this person loves me has my best in mind you know I, I need to hear this and and receive it and take it to the father because I can't tell you how many times you know, we've all been in these situations where people get offended over something that you did that you intended to be good and they took it the wrong way 
Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, it's like, what is in us that makes us take it the wrong way and think that people are out to get us? It's one of those things that we really need to take to the Father and have it washed in the blood of Jesus so that we can just operate in love. Because in love, we're going to assume that the person has our best in mind. Yeah. And what a, what a way that would change the world. Wait, yeah. wait, what was that, yeah, Berlin? Absolutely. I was just going to say, those are our triggers. Why are our triggers here? And you, that's yeah. something that we need to move or, you know, release. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, let's face it. We, we must have areas in our lives that we don't see. Otherwise, right. we would be perfectly like Jesus 100% all of the time. And that's plainly, obviously not true. <laughs> right. So there's got to be things where we may be broken or fragmented or damaged or hurt or have coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms <clears throat> to cope with life because of our past that have not yet been dealt with. Now, I know, you know, you get the, well, it's all dealt with on the cross. Well, yeah. Jesus did everything on the cross so that we could be totally healed, restored in every way, but our minds need to be renewed to come into the reality of that, and that's a process, not an event. Yeah, you know? and that comes back to the, the idea of, yes, everything is complete in Christ, all is done, you're perfect, you're complete, the only issue now is we got to walk it out here in our linear timeline and break out of the lies that have been placed over us so that we can walk in the fullness of the truth that everything is done and complete in Him. And, and that's the process that we can all be in and therefore let's give each other grace that we're all on that journey we're all in that process and therefore at various stages of that process we may be in more or less good state not so good state falling apart state in all sorts of times when sometimes that's what brings things to the surface you know yes. jesus sort of challenged people Paul challenge it was like it is through trials and difficulties often that bring those things to the surface so when we have relational problems with others those are the very things that actually show us where we really are on that journey and whether we're being defensive whether we're getting aggressive whether we're angry the things that come up emotionally are the indicators of are there triggers there and if you know we're disagreeing over different doctrinal things and people are how does that make me feel and taking it back to god and say okay we can you use this in me to bring transformation out of the trauma that i'm facing and for you know one person's trauma for someone else will be nothing you know it's all relative to our individual lives and who we are you know, and some people might feel, hey, nothing really bothers them. But that's just an external persona most of the time. It's like, what's going on on the inside? Right. right. You know, where are we? I mean, last right. year for me, well, this year still in, I'm still thinking, I'm thinking in 2020. So, so I'm sort of <laughs> thinking I'm already in 2020. So You're I'm on a different timeline. <laughs> You're already <laughs> have a little bit, you know, at the moment. But, but actually in 2019, you know, I went through three or four really, really difficult situations that brought me into the reality of actually, how do I deal with this? How is this affecting me? How is this going to be outworked my life? You know, I got betrayed by people who were probably the, the closest people to me. And that was a shock because I trusted them. And then that trust got broken. And then it was like, what do you deal with that? Well, forgive, release, bless them. But 
don't be stupid enough to jump back into the situation if it ain't changed you know it's like right. there's wisdom in there as well as forgiveness doesn't throw wisdom wisdom out right so right deal with that and you know i had to go through the processes of working that out going through the processes that it affected a lot of other people you know and helping them work it out and not you know they got they got a lot angrier than i did and i'm trying to help them deal with their anger because you know what's happened i mean this is this is real life i mean stuff yes. like that you know it's well, how you deal with it you know that's important you know live yeah. if you're rest by yeah. the storm then you can deal with it in love yeah. and be and god can use it to transform you because i had a few sleepless nights of trying to work out why did this happen you know what's going on was it did i do anything why was i why did i not see it i mean all the questions that you face and in the end it's and like, those are the growing points i mean that, that's these things come along to help us grow and process things that uh, we wouldn't have processed otherwise absolutely you know yeah. and you know, so and you know the, i um life situations you have to face but they are the they are the points that bring transformation if we let them yeah you know, or we can sweep them under the carpet or stuff them all down and put on, on a brave face and, and, and then, then comes the disease away on the inside you know then comes the the internal the trauma the the autoimmune diseases and the yeah, you know that. all of this crazy stuff happens when you do that though it does and so. I, that's why you know it's better to be open and honest and transparent about it and actually be real we don't have to be in denial that we're struggling emotionally to deal with various issues you know in my family this year i've had several situations which have been really difficult and there, there weren't something i was in control of i couldn't i i it wasn't my fault but they happened to my my children things you know we discovered some things that happened with some of my children and it was just like how do you deal with that in the same way you've got to be real you've got to be honest he carries our burdens and our sorrows and all of that you know engage the father in it but don't hide it, you know? And right. therefore I don't have to pretend life is wonderful when actually happiness is based on circumstances. I can be joyful in the midst of circumstances because I know God's with me and he loves me, but it doesn't mean that I'm happy about the fact that, you know, I discovered various things in my family and my children were hurt and being affected. But actually, if I, as a father could have protected him from that, I would have done, but I couldn't, and therefore I didn't, and therefore they're suffering. So how do you deal with that? And you know, it's like, well, God, it's your fault. Why did you let that happen? Well, that ain't going to get you anywhere because we know God's love, and yeah. you know, God didn't let that happen. It's like, well, you know, you know, uh, something I've said for probably decades <laughs> is that you know, this life. Is a character building experience God is either working something into you or out of you so you know if we can kind of change our perspective to realize that and just to go with the flow and not you know when we when we get so uptight and 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 want to fight against what father's trying to do that's when it gets really hard but when we just let it flow and, and I know some people have gone through some, some horrific things and I know that can be fun kind of feel trivial uh, and yet, you know, um, you know, my mother passed uh, this this last year, and um, and that was difficult. But you know, I've been in this season, and it was 
there there were there were some wonderful things that came out of that in in just processing it and going through that uh you know so it can seem like how can you find goodness in that and i know again there's there's been people that have gone through a lot worse things uh but again when we have a heavenly perspective and realize that this sliver of life that we're living right here on the earth can't even be measured in eternity but father has given it to us in order to build character for some purpose that I, you know, I don't know that we are even yet to understand what it is, but uh, there's some there's some great and wonderful things coming in eternity that Father is using this lifetime to help prepare us for, and uh, it's it's just a different perspective when we can understand that He's working something into us or out of us in this life that we're living. So, well, we got about uh, five minutes left. Um, anything else you want to jump on and end with here? before we close this section? Uh, yeah, I, I just feel that you know, as God brings us into a place of deeper intimacy, then we realize that in our sonship position, you know, we, we do have authority to bless. Yeah. You know, that, that's the key. Our authority is to bless. You know, God said to Abraham that all the families of the earth would be blessed through you. you know, and. I, I believe that we all have that mandate to to be blessed, but to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, to receive, but to be givers. You know, yeah. freely you receive, freely give. So for me, you know, the more we get closer to God, the more we have to give. You know, and the the more love there is to go around in a sense, because the more you've experienced, you know, we love because He first loved us. Right. You know, and it, it it's a one of the things I think God has really challenged me over this year is do not have old covenant thinking. So live under the law and live in duty and obligation, but live in desire. And yeah. so, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And God challenged me over, is that a good thing? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course it's a good thing. He said, why do you think that's a good thing? Well, don't you want me to love you with everything? yeah but what's the context the law that was a law and the lawyer said that what must you do to inherit eternal life and jesus said well what do you think and he said well this well that was the best under the law but the law makes you dutiful and obliged to fulfill it or else whereas then jesus comes along and says a new commandment i give unto you now immediately most people will think law because they think commandment equals law when actually commandment is not law and even in the old testament when it was a commandment it wasn't law it was a guide a direction here's where you can walk on the right path so a new commandment i give unto you love one another well if you stop there then you can try and love one another because you think this is the law and there will be consequences if you don't but there may be blessings if you do but actually it then goes on to say as i have loved you so we can only love each other as we are loved so within that commandment and if you look at the actual word which is entole it actually means with the goal of so here is the goal be loved and therefore you'll be able to love now that takes away the whole concept of i am obliged and it is my duty to keep this commandment which I can't do, and therefore I will fail in keeping that commandment because I'm trying to do it in my own strength, or I allow 
God and experience him loving me in an unconditional way, which empowers me to love other people in an unconditional way, which means it's irrespective of what they believe or don't believe or anything else. It is because they're children of God. And therefore, if I've been loved as a child of God, then I want to love other people in the same way. So freely I've received, freely give. And God said to me, he said, you know, are you trying to please me? Do you want to be pleasing to me? And I'm like, well, yeah. And is that a bad thing? He said, well, don't you know you're already pleasing to me? So why are you trying to do things to make yourself pleasing to me when you're already pleasing to me because you're my child? Amen. I thought, oh, well, my thinking Good needs point. to be constructing. I'm still, how much of I'm still thinking under the law and duty and obligation of commands rather than, hey, he's walking with me, he's in me to guide me into the truth, to walk it out, which is a freedom to have relationship not based on performance you know and god loves us unconditionally isn't based on our performance we can't make him love us anymore and we can't make him love us any less right so let's enjoy the relationship and that relationship will empower us Come on. to love others to yes. freely give what we freely receive yeah so you know and and one of the things that's really on my heart and i think it's on your heart as well is getting people to understand that we need to love with the love that the Father has given to us, which to me, for me means I need to receive the love that he is giving to me and that he loves me and that I need to love myself as he loves me. And yeah. when I am in that place, there's a confidence and there's a, there's a flow that comes from that to where, you know, I, I just love being able to have conversation with people who believe differently than I do. I really enjoy that. I mean, to even sit down with a Muslim or, you know, a new ager or, or somebody and have conversation with them and be truly interested in them and what they're having to say versus in my mind just constantly going, oh, I got to convert them, got to change them, got to get them to believe the way I do. You know, that's that's the old school thought that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not complete unless I can make someone believe the way I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Mike, thank you for being on here. Do you have a few more minutes for the behind the scenes? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, Brilliant, why don't you go ahead and close us out? All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on Kingdom Talks. And thank you, Mike. We so appreciate you being here. Thank you to our members because we cannot produce this without you and especially when we're on the road. <laughs> so this is, uh, we just love you and we appreciate your support. And if you haven't become a member yet, uh, even, even though we do give extra stuff to the members, we love it that you just support us because you love what we're doing. Yeah. And so if you haven't done that yet, we invite you to go to kingdomtalksmedia.com and click on the member button there and become a member on Patreon. We, we appreciate you. And also, if you haven't taken the pledge yet, we're calling 100,000 believers to join with us in unity to go ahead and take that three plumb lines pledge. And you'll also find that on kingdomtalksmedia.com on the pledge button. So thank you so much again, and we will see you on the other side. All right. Love you all. Take care. See you next time. Bye-bye.